Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come to the close of the Easter season, keep us mindful that the message of the cross and the empty tomb are ever before our eyes as we journey into the, the season of Pentecost. We pray that you would keep us mindful of this saving message and that you would help us by the strength of your spirit to live the gospel in our lives every day. That as Jesus prayed so many years ago, we may be one with him and with the Father and with each other. Be with us this day, open our ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Our gospel lesson today from the 17th chapter of St. John really comes at the end of what is known as the high priestly prayer of Christ. And this is kind of the third section of the prayer. He, he's talking about the disciples and, and all of those who would hear the word that is the message of the gospel of salvation in Christ Jesus, and that in hearing that, we might be one. One with him, one with the Father, and certainly one with each other. Paul talks about it in a different way. In his writings, he talks about us as being the body of Christ. Though we are one body, we have many members, and each member has its own gifts and skills and functions within the whole body of Christ, but all working together for the glory of God and for his kingdom. One of the challenges today is how do we be one and what does it mean to be one? And so we, we think about that, and the whole idea of being one is really to pay attention to the Word of God. We hear it in some of our songs and hymns that we sang, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. That's a clue to us that, that everything is built upon Christ. And so we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We celebrate the one common sacrament of his body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of sins. And we proclaim the one message of Christ crucified for our sins and for the sins of the whole world. The challenge of, of being one in the church, in the body of Christ, is to understand that it's not all about us, but about Christ working through us. And so many times within the life of the church, we want to drag in our own ideas, our own opinions, and our own agendas. We want to do it our way. In some ways, we are like Paul, who when he was Saul was going to do it his way round up these Christians and bring them in and put them to death because it doesn't fit what I think the church should be. Sometimes we as human beings try to recreate the church in our own image rather than looking to Christ. 
And that's really the key, isn't it? We talked about it last week, that to be one in Christ, we really have to live the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be focused on what Christ calls us to do and calls us to be in his word, to, in a sense, be focused on the word and to have the heart of Christ in a way that the word shapes all that we do and who we are and the way that we interact with the world and with each other. And if we begin to dig deep into that word, we begin to understand that what sets Christianity apart, what sets our faith apart and makes us unique in this world are really two things. And I think they're really two sides of the same coin if you think about it. One of the things is our attitude and our heart and our passion for forgiveness. You see, the rest of the world, when they are wronged, begins to keep score. And we say, I'm going to get ahead, or I'm going to get even, or something along those lines. The Christian looks to the cross and sees Jesus Christ there, who dies for the sins of all sinners, the sins of the whole world, and says, if Christ died for someone, then I have no right to not forgive them. Unless they refuse to repent. <clears throat> what do I do when they refuse to repent? Because I know Christ calls me to forgive, so what do I do? You flip the coin over to the other side. And the other side of the coin of forgiveness, which really is grace and mercy, the other side of it says love. You keep loving them. Well, what does that mean? Well, there are kind of a couple of ways to explain this. And the first one, Paul says, you just keep loving on them. That is, heaping burning coals on their head. So, that, you know, as you keep loving them, they go, why is he loving me? And the guilt begins to work. You know, sometimes guilt is a good thing. Any of you ever here felt guilty? Does it ever drive you to do something like maybe say, I'm sorry? Or maybe that guilt drives you to make amends in some way? Well, that's what Scripture does. When we read Scripture and we start to feel a little guilty, it drives us to make amends with God and hopefully with another person. And you know how to make people feel really guilty? Love them. What are you doing this for? I don't deserve this. You're right. You don't. I'm just loving you like Jesus loves you. And remember, Jesus died for your sins. You see, the goal is by forgiveness and love, by, by bringing into reality Christ's grace and mercy is to create a strong body of Christ, to bring people together, 
to be mindful of the fact that that's how God wants us to be, brothers and sisters in Christ who rely upon each other, who depend upon each other, who trust each other, who forgive each other, who love each other. A people who are bound in the body of Christ himself. We are one body in Christ, and we exercise that, we demonstrate that, we live that when we participate in the Lord's Supper, where we receive together his body and his blood, where we're connected to the cross, but we're connected in that unity of sharing in this meal together that reminds us that we're not in this alone. When you kneel beside your brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a reminder that Christ poured out his blood and his body for them, and you need to forgive as he did. And that's why the scriptures remind us if you have a problem with somebody, you're supposed to leave your gift and go and make amends before you come to the altar. There's the whole idea of, again, forgiveness. Our hearts are bound together because of what Christ Jesus did at the cross. Forgiveness and life and love. And it's this forgiveness and this love and this grace that reminds us that, you know what, the world says we can pick our friends, but look around you. You're stuck with your relatives. As Jerry said, you know, we're not just one church, we're one family. Pastor, can I transfer families? <laughs> no! God brought you here for a reason. And God works through us for a reason to adopt more brothers and sisters into the family, to work together for the kingdom of God. There was a song written many years ago for the youth program of our church body, and it's actually in our hymnal. It's number 78. It's called Brothers and Sisters in Christ. It goes like this. Sing Alleluia, Amen. At the end of the Easter season, that's what we sing, those alleluias. Let your prayers and your praises ascend. Lift up your voices and sing to our Lord God, our Savior and King. Here, brought together by grace, we are gathered as friends in this place. And then it takes it to the next level. And assemble as one in the name of the Son, lifting hearts, lifting hands, celebrating as friends and proclaiming the Lord all our praises afford. And here's the key line. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Did you catch that? The hymn says it so well that we are assembled as one in the name of the Son. Lifting hearts, lifting hands, celebrating as friends and proclaiming the Lord. 
The reason God creates us together as a body of Christ, the reason he brings us together as family, is so that we, as the text reminds us, can bear witness to the world. That as the world sees our unity in heart and mind and purpose focused on the cross of Jesus Christ, that we can proclaim that message, that Easter message of the cross and the empty tomb to those around us in our lives. One of the things we like to say in the school and the church here is that when you join Christ Lutheran Church, you become part of a family. And once you're family, you can never be not family. You're here. And we live to worship and praise our God, but we also live to reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ in word and deed. I remind you again that we need not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we work together as brothers and sisters to proclaim it to this world because it is the message of salvation. It is the message of life. It is that which brings us to eternity in Christ Jesus. And so we proclaim it because we believe it. And we proclaim it because we live it, that we are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, when you stand here from my perspective and look out upon you, I see many different faces, no two quite alike. I see many different shades of skin color, of hair color. I see people who are shorter and some who are tall and some who are a little wider like me and some who are a little narrower like others. And yet, what are we all? We are all together those faces, those people that make up the body of Christ. We are one. And we work together, side by side, hand in hand, to extend his kingdom to grow the family. Don't be afraid to share the gospel of love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Work together. Expand the kingdom. Grow the family. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.